she sort of saw something in me and started developing me, which was such wow. A- she was like a mentor to you. Yes. Yeah. I never got a mentor. I was, I was kind of going there just to make friends, <laughs> like just to, like hang out and yeah. do something fun. And I ended up finding myself on stage within weeks of that. It's a good day for a good day. Send a big love in a big way. Stand up comic, a uh, world peace seeker, you know, fun girl of the world all around, general great girl, Shannon Klein is on the pod, everybody. Say hello. Hello. Happy to be here. <laughs> What's going on? It's good to have you here. Oh my gosh. It's so great to catch up and to be on your podcast. This yes. is super exciting. I'm even skipping a bunch of beach time right now in Hawaii. Oh, you're in Hawaii. So I thought you were I'm back in, in Vegas. I can't keep track of you. I don't keep track of myself. I don't know. Now, I know you were just in Israel. We're going to talk about that in a second because that's crazy and mind-blowing that you were there uh, at this time, you know? It was impeccable timing. And an impeccable, yeah, impeccable timing on that. Um, but we're going to start with something a little less heavy, and we're going to talk about your stand-up. We'll work our way up to it. We'll work out, yeah, we'll get deeper as it goes on in the uh, throughout the pod. Uh, but yeah, you're a stand-up. You're a stand-up comedian. Yeah. You've been doing it for how long now? It's been like two years now. Two years? Wait a minute now. Doing stand-up. You've only been doing it for two years? Only two years, yeah. But I was doing improv before, so I was on the stage and, you know, acting commercials, comedy in that sense. Yes. But, I remember all yeah. that. Stand-up, that was like a pandemic move. Oh, it was? Wow. I, I feel like you've been doing stand-up long before that because, oh, I know why. Because I would see you during the pandemic, all your clips you were doing of stand-up, and I'm like... I didn't know Shannon's been doing stand-up for this long. She's great. Oh, no. I just started putting my stuff out there immediately. Oh <laughs> I didn't like, work I on my material so or refine it or anything. I just put it out. Oh, my. I'm so jealous because you were so good so fast. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, my God. Good for you. Yeah, you were all over the place, you know, performing. Was it because people were afraid to perform? You're like, I'm going to perform at this club. I don't care. Like, how were you getting well, those Texas, gigs? So nobody was afraid of anything there. COVID didn't yeah, exist, which was awesome. Um, kind true. of why I went. <laughs> that's true. I love Texas. But I was just in, uh, like, uh, Austin, San Antonio. And I'm like, you know what? Texas does a lot. It may, be, it may be some crazy things associated with Texas, a lot of people say. But you know what? I actually was enjoying Texas. I really it was, you know, it was so fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. What was your inspiration besides it was just completely, like, pandemic i'm not acting right now i'm not doing it was literally that so i moved to texas just to kind of like escape all of the lockdowns and craziness of la and then i found myself getting really really bored because dallas is i was in dallas and that's a city that's very finance heavy and tech and um there's there was really no creative outlet for me there and then I got connected to this comedy club that was about to open, and it's a husband and a wife that opened it, the Cruths. They're amazing. They're from New York. And what are their names? Um, Ian and Rosie Caruth. Caruth, okay. Caruth. Yeah, Caruth. so I connected with Rosie, the wife, and she and her husband had come from UCB in New York. Ah. UCB in LA, so we kind of had that connection point, and then she sort of saw something in me and started developing me, which was Wow, she was like a mentor to you. Yes, yeah. I never got a mentor. I was kind of going there just to make friends, (laughs) like just like hang out and do something fun. And I ended up finding myself on stage within weeks of that. Doing stand-up. Doing stand-up, which was never part of the plan, ever. 
You know, I'll, I'll say this, because uh, you came from the improv world. And by the way, the UCB people, which were originally Amy Poehler, Adam McKay, uh, Matt Besser, jeez, uh, uh, I, I One more. Peel. Oh, wait, I got it. Uh, uh, Matt, uh, Matt, who's on um, Veep, he's great. Uh, Matt uh, Walsh. Uh, yeah. And even there was another guy, Ali Faranakian, way back in the day, was on there also at one point. Anyway, I know all this because I, Dude, was, in, I was in Chicago when okay. UCB formed. I performed with those guys on the Improv Olympic stages as they were forming UCB. So that's, I, I. Wow, that's there. so cool. Yes, yes. So, but it's great though. So you here you are. Somebody sees you, knows that the person who's running the club takes you under her wing. And yeah. kind of mentors you to do stand up, and within weeks you're on the stage. But I think really. have an improv background, you're comfortable on stage more than other people. Sort of, because if you're doing improv, you just make it up as you go. There's I'm not familiar with that. pressure that comes with stand up because, like, if if it's not funny, like you wrote that, it, yeah. you spent yeah. Oh, yeah. hours and weeks and years of working on that material so if it yeah. falls, it's like it's more of a blow to your ego rather than you know if you bomb in improv it's like that's funny that's the best yeah exactly it's funny like oh well you know i had a bad night big deal you know but that's like what's great like when you mess up in improv it's like the audience sees it, it like breaks out fourth wall and you're like oh okay like if you're having fun i remember when i performed yeah. with uh chris farley way back in the day and he'd come on he'd come as a guest you know he would just got on saturday live a little before that so he'd come as a guest and he'd perform with us and he would completely just completely mess up and he'd be like oh, i'm so sorry i totally messed that whole scene like in the audience just like laughing and loving it and you know because he's still comfortable even if he's messing up the audience is still seeing him as like you know, he's human, he's normal, he's having fun. We don't That's care that he cool. messed up. He's also genius. He is so, oh, yes. wow, RIP, yes. he is hilarious. He, he was great. And he has two brothers that I know, uh, John and Kevin, who are also, also they were improvisers. They were also geniuses. They all, It just runs in the family. And there's another brother also uh, whose name, I'm forgetting, I believe one more brother, but maybe not, but but Kevin looks a lot like, uh, like Chris. Um, for like, it's almost uncanny, but uh, yeah, they're very talented family, very talented family. But uh, who was, uh, so who were your inspirations as far as stand-up goes? Oh, I knew nothing about it at all. Really? You're not like, oh, Eddie Murphy was my uh, It's so funny, people would ask me, they're like, who are your favorite comics? I'm like, um, me? I'm so far, I'm my favorite, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Really? But pretty quickly, once I got started, I started connecting with a bunch of comics and um I, I just I learned so quickly and I was you know now on stage with some of the best and it it, it happened really really fast so now now I can appreciate comedy but both give me a give me a couple tips that they that they they helped you that put you over like the hump I guess just really to have fun with it that's the main thing and to just to keep working on it just keep yeah, doing keep it, it and bringing it down, boom, 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 boom. So it's as tight as possible. The least amount of words, each word, you know, it gets you to- Yes, like how many laughs per minute. Like you mm -hmm. want to count those, which was really, really great advice. Um, I was told by this awesome comedian, he was like, okay, watch this clip and count how many times they're laughing per minute. And it was like between six and 10 times every minute. Wow, wait a minute, that's crazy. Wow. And then also, if you're going to do a deep cut, which I love, you have to follow it up with something that everybody can enjoy. 
so everybody can laugh at. Because when I started, it was like deep cut after deep cut after deep cut, and people who got it thought it was hilarious, but not everyone always gets everything. So you just want to make something that's like universally funny to. Oh, okay. Because speaking of deep cut, I was confused by a second for a second by what do you mean by deep cut? You mean like a very, like very, specific... very, very niche. Okay, very niche kind of yeah. kind of joke. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. What's your angle in general for in in comedy? Do you, are you what kind of comic are you? If someone says, "What is your thing? What are you known for? What would you say you, you is your thing?" Oh my gosh, I think like Seinfeld is you know what he's about the minutia of the day. You know, uh, Bill Burr is usually angry about something or another. You know, I mean. Like people have like, um, you know. Uh, I think I'm more, I'm like relatable, millennial, clean com comedy. Clean comedy. You know, you could work so much more. Been clean from the whole squeaky clean. Really? That's so good. It's so good. It's so hard to be funny without being, you know, dropping an F-bomb, you know what I'm saying, uh, here and there. But, you know, if you can work clean, you can work a lot more than other people because it's it's more sought after um then you know the blue comic if you will thank you yeah and it's just my natural personality anyway it's you're, you're always smiling you're 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 ebullient you're effervescent you know your other words i don't even know what i'm saying but they sound like that what you they are sound you know? like fancy words i like they, they like do that. sound like you know like i'll take that five cent word but yes no but you always have been that way as long as i've known you, you always had a positive disposition about yourself you're a happy person you know what I'm saying? You're always, I always see optimistic. I, don't, I never see you sad. We would hike, you know, and you, you're just always a, a, a fun person. You were like my hiking partner. Um, <laughs> I missed that, by the way. You got to move back at some point so we can hike again. Right, right. Um, you know, speaking of crazy, you took a trip to Israel and then a war broke out? Like, was yeah, like, that like, wasn't part of the plan. It just happened that way. Okay. Oh, kind of okay. like comedy. Yes, yes, yes. So you you decide you and your and your boyfriend went there. Yeah, and we went there for a wedding, and mm -hmm. there were about forty of us on this trip. So the bride, what she does is she leads messianic tours of Israel for churches all around the world. Okay, and she was leading a private tour for her family and her closest friends before the wedding. So okay. we got to see a bunch of really awesome places. But on the second morning, we woke up to the news. And the second morning? The second morning. So we flew in late at night, go to bed. We have one really great day. And then the next morning, it's like, we're starting. <laughs> cool. <laughs> we're here. Oh, my and God. Immediately, all of the flights started getting canceled. And we were in the northern part of Israel at this point. We were on the Sea of Galilee. Okay. And we were kind of close to the Syria and Jordan borders. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. We knew like Tel Aviv was, was targeted in the yeah. beginning. But we also knew that there's potential to be oh, yeah, yeah. from the north. And where we were staying was this really great resort that felt very safe and it was very secluded. So it felt like it was away from everything. Was, was it a bomb shelter? Why'd you feel safe there? Well, it was just kind of not really in a hot spot, like a target zone. Because okay, okay. There weren't a lot of people out there. It's like this beautiful lake. So I can't imagine. That oh, that. why? They would never, nothing would ever happen by a beautiful lake. You're right. Not right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <water> safe. <laughs> but, um, well, it was just kind of secluded. It wasn't, it's not a major city. But the problem with that is if you're secluded out there, then you're, 
you're stuck there. Yes. So we had to make the call and whether to stay out there and like ride it out and potentially escape through Jordan. Okay. That's a little sketchy because you, well, first off, you need a visa to get into Jordan and there's only certain border points. And at this point we knew nothing. We didn't know if Jordan was going to join in um we didn't know the area we don't speak hebrew or arabic so we're just uh, kind of don't like, well you speak japanese so yeah which is not helpful not helpful there okay at all <laughs> did not come in here <laughs> and you needed a visa yeah so the, to go there they won't take amex or mastercard so you're really screwed yeah like going to costco on american express and doesn't work any everywhere no, certainly no, not sad how'd you get out take the call to stay with the rest of the group who was heading towards Jerusalem and we're like okay well Jerusalem's a holy city for yeah. everyone you should yeah. be safe they shouldn't attack it right you think yeah that's what we thought um it ended up getting attacked yeah <laughs> about as soon as we got there oh my wow trouble so we got into Jerusalem you. what's that so trouble follows you it was, yeah. <laughs> you were just fleeing at the right moments, which was like kind of cool. You're like one step ahead of them. You guys were like yeah. like ninjas. You're like, you know, James Bond. You're one step ahead of the enemy. <laughs> yeah. But they were following us. They were following you, but they couldn't get you. You're always like, I almost got yeah. me. So wow. we're in Jerusalem. And actually, this was, this was terrifying. This was when it like really set in. Like we knew that it was a very serious situation and that it was escalating. And um, we just wanted to make the right call. Like, when do you get out? How do you get out? Is it safe to go to the airport? Is it safer to stay in this city? When do you go? All, all the flights were canceled for the next four days. It took us four days eventually to get a flight out. But um, we decided, okay, like we're in Jerusalem. The tour was proceeding. They were going to see the Western Wall, which is a very, very holy spot. And it's very protected by all the IDF. So we decide to join them. We go. And as soon as we walk in, we go through all of the security and like metal detectors. I mean, there's IDF surrounding it. We're like, okay, this feels safe. But I had never been there. So I didn't know, like I didn't have my bearings in the place. I didn't know the layout of it. But we walk in and there's this sharp corner where the wall is behind it. And you can't see that at all yeah Um, we got through all we could see is from around this corner a crowd of people running and screaming and we we hear noises we hear running and screaming we're like oh my god we just walked into a trap yeah and it's a gunman like on the loose like what you know like and and all i could think about in that moment was this is how it happens like i I've always seen like photos and videos and, th- and and hear and read about festivals where people get attacked by a gunman and it's a, a crowd of people running and then they all get hit. Oh. But also you just, in that moment, you don't know where to run or right, right, exactly. if you should duck, if you should turn around, like you don't know. Shelter in place, yeah. what do you do with that? Yeah, the only thing we knew was um, to just trust the crowd that they were running the right direction. Oh, interesting. Okay, I guess. Um, because we had to make a split decision in that moment. And like I said, we couldn't see around the corner, so we didn't know what was on the other side. Oh. Um, so immediately just instincts kicked in, start running. We run into this shelter. And we're hiding out there. And then like this full panic just came over me. I'm like, 
like I, I would never been that terrified in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a life or death situation. You think you could be dying any yeah. second. I had a yeah, totally, like totally. Um, so we're in the shelter um, for several minutes, and then we find out there was no gunman, but there was a rocket that landed oh, very oh. close to us. Oh, only a rocket. Oh, yeah. much. <laughs> Only a rocket with a bomb on it. Not a big yeah. deal. It's not like a gunman with a little bullet. And um, at that point, I was like, I don't want to be outside. I don't want to be anywhere. I just want to be home. And yes. it hit me in that moment that um, we could possibly never get home. Wow. Either we're going to be stuck there for a very long time or going to be stuck there forever. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes, I know what you meant by that. Dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I picked it up. You know, I I saw what you were, you know, you know, dropping on. I picked it up. Um, so like, then, um, right after that, I was like, okay, like, I, I, we need to get back to the hotel. Like, there's a bomb shelter in the hotel. Like, just, just stay there, right? Um, so my boyfriend and I, we go there, and we just went to get some food. It's hours later. Like, we're finally starting to calm down, and we yeah. decided to get some food, and. We're enjoying our dinner and the waiter comes up and he's like, the sirens are going off. Proceed, make your way to the bomb shelter. And we're like, again, like, wow. um, so, so we run down, they escort us, they show us the way we're like running down like flights of stairs and we're in this complete underground, like bunker hiding, not knowing what's going on. We're there for even longer this time until they say it's like safe to go out but it doesn't feel safe to go yeah, out no, I, don't it's, think it would. I mean you just you hear explosions all day long all night long we we're hearing them so but you don't know where they are or like they're just firing off randomly yeah. wow. and um we came back to our table we were looking it up and we we're like oh that siren was from a rocket that landed maybe blocks away from us wow and there were also rockets that were landing from mm where we were to the airport. So it wasn't safe to go out, even no. if we could get a flight. Um, we met someone at the hotel who had bought 22 flights, just in hopes that one of them would wow. leave. Wow. Everyone was trying to escape. And, and, when, and then when did you finally get out? It was after this, it was three days later. So it started what on days Saturday. You finally got out. You got out on Wednesday or Saturday? is when we we ended up in the bomb shelter three times. And um, so then we still had all day the rest of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then we left that night. We found a an airline that was doing evacuation trips from Tel Aviv to Cyprus. Wow. Oh, so we were so lucky to be able to get on that. Yes. And then from wow. Cyprus, we we're like, where can we go that's as far away as possible wow. you never were so happy to go to cyprus in your life well cyprus was still a little sketchy because it was still a little sketchy right, yeah. right there yeah it's true and everybody was evacuating to cyprus so that could potentially be a oh a yeah it could have been another well mm -hmm. then you and we just flight. didn't know we knew yeah. nothing we were just trying to make the best decisions that we could in right. every moment and then how do you get a flight to hawaii from there Okay, so from Cyprus, we're like, where can we go that's safe and far, far away? And we found a really great flight that was almost directly to Tokyo. Okay. Which is a stop in Dubai, but it was like a quick stop. And then we land in Tokyo and Tokyo is the yeah. best city in the world. It's oh, incredible. Yeah. And yeah. then from Tokyo, after being there for like five days, we're like, well, Hawaii is on the way home. So. Wow. 
That's crazy. That's a crazy yeah. story that you lived. Now, let me ask you a, one more question about, about something. I have to read this thing. I am doing comedy shows in pursuit of my goal of world peace. Now, you did that for a magazine. Yes. Right? Uh, what was that? That was Elixir Elixir by Roy? Yeah, Elixir magazine. No. Now, you did that before you wound up in Israel. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. 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 But isn't that crazy that you do a thing about world peace and next thing you know, it really rings true. It's so true. And I mean, what's crazy is in the article, I write about how true peace really only comes from God. And that's the only answer to world peace. And and it's so true from being in the middle of a war zone, the only peace that we had that got us out and got us through it was the peace of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like I, I lived my writing. You lived in your that writing. Moment. You, yeah, your uh, art became life. Is that a life yeah. becoming art? Shannon Klein, everybody, on the pod. Thank you very much, Shannon.